First of all, like I say, I take pleasure in being able to just to come here just to impart some, some, some of God's love, some God's knowledge upon you. And I don't come tell you about what I think. My, my sure foundation is the foundation of the scripture. This, this is what I stand on. So if, if I err in any way, uh, blame it on King James. <laughs> but I do my best. And, and, and like, like the, the sportsmen or the athletes say, I try to leave it all on the field. You know what I mean? I don't want nobody to say you could have done or you should have done. I do my best. And, and I know God is able. See, because just like Zach, you know, I wasn't always like this. First of all, when I met Johnny in 2004, and we've been friends for 15 years, but I was in federal and state prison for 15 years prior to that. You know, I was a, a hemp plant merchant. <laughs> okay, all right, y'all know what that is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you scholars know what that is. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, and, and now they want to legalize it, but you know. The bottom line is I've been there. I know what it is to be without. I know what it is to feel like you at the end of your rope. When all your friends is gone, when, when, you, when your folks, your family don't want to have nothing to do with you because they think you're thrown away. But even in them dark, dreary prisons, like Paul on death row, God was able to use him. God was able to make some things happen. And he still uses the, the, the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. So, so uh, my... And during those 15 years, God gave me a whole new family that has loved on me every single moment while I was locked up in every moment since then. You know, uh, I can call them anytime and they'll be right there. Their home is my home and, and vice versa. But that's what God does for us. And why does God do that for us? Well, John 3.16 said, because he so loved the world. Now, see, we want to love certain people. We don't want to love everybody. We don't want to love the world. I mean, we church folks. We can be honest. If we can't be honest here today, you know what I mean? When can you be honest? But we pick and choose who we want to love. We pick and choose what we think is right. But the scripture said, for God so loved the world, the lost ones, the, the unrighteous ones, the destitute ones, the, the impoverished ones. He loved the world. He's so, he, he didn't just love it, but he S.O. And that S.O. is like this big. He so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son to all you parents here that love your children to death. And you ain't fixing to give up not one single hair on their head to talk about saving the rest of the world. Because that's just how we are. You know, that's, how, that's my child. That's, that's my flesh. That's my blood. I can't give it up. But God loved you so. He loved me so that he gave his only begotten son. If we just really grasp that, the love, how much God loved you, that means he, he left his heavenly throne and come down to this old wretched world 
walked amongst all us heathens and just loved on us, loved us back to righteousness. And that was his goal, loved us back. Because, see, he created us. But in all his loving and creating us, he found out that we became wicked. I think Jackson just read something to that effect, that, you know, we just was wicked. But he didn't stop loving us. He didn't never stop, and he's not stopped loving us now. Uh, like I say, it's just scripture that we base our being on. It's scripture that empowers us. You know, for like I was sharing with the brothers on Thursday, uh, how the scriptures say, for by grace, through faith, we're saved. It is not of our works, it's not of our accolades, it's not of our bank account, it's not of our social, economic, whatever. But it's because of Christ Jesus. It's because of that so loving us and giving his only begotten son for us that all we got to do is just believe on him. You know, if you don't think that chair is going to hold you up, if you don't believe it, you're not going to sit in it. We have to believe the simplest things, the simplest things. And God makes it so simple. Paul says it's just the, the, the word, the gospel is simple. But we, we, can, we can go to the gospel for everything. Uh, in John 15, 13, it says, Greater love has no man than this, than a man lay down his life for a friend. And it also said in the scripture, before you can... Uh, have a friend, you must be a friend. And so, so we see we, we, want, we want the love and we want the greater love and, and we want all these things. And, but are you being a real friend? Are you really loving? Are, are, are we loving conditionally? Because we, we're asked to love like God loved us. And his love for us was unconditional. We didn't have to have this or have to have that. He said, all have sinned and come short of his glory. Every last one of us has missed the mark. But he said he would have it that no man should perish. See, he don't count slackness like we do. You know what I'm saying? We, we, we want to put you on a, a measuring stick. Oh, you don't live up to this or this and that. He don't do that. He said he would have it that no man perish. So that means everybody got a chance to get right. That means the love that he shared upon me, that Jackson shared upon me, you know what I mean? That any one of you, we all have the ability because he lives in us. And it's not me or I, but it's him living in us that enables us to love the unlovable. Because if you be in this world long enough, you're going to find some unlovable things, some unlovable people. But think about where you were. Oh, I just think about where I was. I can't talk about you, but I can talk about me. You know, I used to be in a state of mind because of the world. I was trained by the world, programmed by the world, that eye for eye, tooth for a tooth. You know, you, yours is first. And, Worry about they can worry about their own. They can get your theirs like you got yours. Yeah, yeah, I was programmed like that. But when the true love of God truly became in my heart, 
And he took my family away from me, put me in a destitute place, but he put another family in my life that loved on me with that love that he's talking about. That greater love has no man than this. Then he laid out his life for a friend. You know, I was in the federal prison, and, uh, you know, they had, they had this law, the, the, the crack law, where, where, you know, a predominantly amount of, of, of prisoners, black prisoners in the pe federal prison were under this law where, you know, a few grams of crack get you 30 years and a pound of powder get you probation. And, and so these, these individuals, these worldly individuals, their hope was in the law changing. And when the date came and that law did not change, these folks had no hope. If you want to see chaos, these folks tore up the prison. They tore up the education department, the chapel department, everything that was in their sight, like wild locusts, they just destroyed it, tore it up. And at the time, uh, the, our Christian fellowship, we were having choir practice. And so the people that was, you know, the choir directors and everybody from the outside and the uh, prison fellowship volunteers, we were all gathered in the chapel. And I'll show you the power of God. Uh, several of the individuals, we surrounded the, the volunteers. And we were literally like a shield around them. And, 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 and folks was coming in, just tearing up the place, glass flying everything, stuff just... But nothing harmed either of us, nor them. I mean, there's tear gas and everything, canisters flying. Nothing harmed either of them or us. I saw the power of God firsthand, what he'll do when you stand for him. Now, now, now a lot of folks, things happen, but they weren't standing for God. But that's what happens when you don't have hope. But we got hope. You see, we got a hope, and, and you should, every time somebody asks you, what is the hope that you have? Why do you come to church? Why do you hang out with them people? Why do you love on them people? What they do for you? It ain't what they do for me. It's what God done for me. You know, and, and it's the love of God that's, that's, that's inside of me that causes me to love in spite of. Because, see, when I think of myself, I was like proud. I was the chiefest of sinners. See, and if we just be honest with ourselves, we know we got some sinful natures. And you don't have to. See, because according to Jesus' word, all you got to do is think some sinful things. All you got to do is think. You ain't got to act it out. You ain't got to rob no bank. You ain't got to sell no drugs. You ain't got to do none of them things. But you see, if you've done it in your heart, you've already done it. You've already committed this. And so that's why he can say, all have sinned and come short of his glory. But we have all the opportunity in the world to love on one another. Every time you see a brother or a sister, and they don't have to be a brother or sister, see, because when the love of God is truly richly in you, you see the destitute, you see the desperation in others, you see the lack. You can just go somewhere and say, that person needs prayer, or that person needs a hug, or that person needs to be encouraged, and you just do it. Because he just does it. You know, God will just roll up on you. And you ain't got no choice in the matter. That's just how he is. But he does it lovingly. 
And when it's all said and done, you'll be smiling, you'll be doing what he said, you know. But I see these kids, uh, they, these young men and these young ladies, I watched them when they was babies and they just have grown up. And seven years make a big difference in anybody's life. Kennedy might have looked like Jackson at that time, and now she's a young woman finna go off into the world. But we know that she's equipped to be able to deal with them wolves and things of the world because of some proper training and some loving on her. You know what I'm saying? And that's what we all need. I, I remember your daughter they, going to the skating ring, I don't know, eighth or ninth birthday party or whatever. But she said, we're going skating. Well, I'm going too, you know. And we just go and have fun. We got to love on one another. We got to be there for one another. We, you know, we have to make sacrifices. And, 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 and I'm an economist by nature. That was my study in school. And the main thing economics teaches me is opportunity cost. No matter what choice you make, you gave up something to make that choice, whether it's good or bad. But every time you make a choice about anything, you've given up an alternative. You know, and so, did I make the right choice of doing this? You know, or, or should, could I, should I have done the other? And that's, so when, when we have to be mindful of the choices we make. But I choose to follow Jesus. Because like Tim told me one thing, I believe what he say. And if he said this, I believe it. Why? Because he said it. That's good enough for me. You know, I've watched his miracles. I've watched his wonders. I've watched what he said, his conditional acts. And he ain't failed yet. He ain't failed me yet. Uh, John, 1 John 4, verses 7, 8, and verses 11. We're just going to paraphrase this to a little bit. It says, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. And the scripture tells us if we do not love, we don't even know God. Now, that's, that's pretty profound. If, if I don't love you, then I don't even know God. Man, but I go to church every Sunday. I, I, I preach in the, and I sing in the choir and I do Bible study. And if you don't love your brother, you don't know God. That's pretty profound. Uh, Matthew 7, Jesus gets even deeper than that. He said, in that day, many shall come to me and say, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Have we not delivered the sick? Have we not done this? And he said, depart from me. Can you imagine Jesus telling us to depart from him? Because he never knew us. Because we never knew him. Now, we play church, and we say the right things, and we look the right way, but love is action. Love is action. I can't say I love you without just, just loving on you. You know, when, when I met this, this is my wife, in case anybody don't know. But when I first met this lady, she say, uh, this is what really, you know, got her some points, and she don't know it. Got a lot of points. But she say, uh, Every time she would meet somebody new, she said, oh, we give love and, and, and embrace people. I mean, total strangers. Oh, we give love. Oh, that's all right. 
Give me a little bit of that. <laughs> uh, but that's, that's what we're called to do. That's what, that's what Jesus calls us to do. You know, he said, love your neighbor. The little young lawyer go to Jesus and say, oh, master, what's the greatest of the commandments? Oh, see, so see, the first one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. He said, and the second one is likened unto the first. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. He said, now, on those, these two commandments, the whole law, the whole law, everything, any kind of law you could come up with is contingent upon these first two commandments. And he said, not only the law, but the prophets hung on them too. So you can go ask Jonah and Isaiah, Jeremiah, any of them. People tell you the same thing. Love your neighbor as yourself. Do unto others as you will have them to do unto you. And with God loving me the way he loved me, when I know I wasn't no good, when I know I was a shyster, when I know I was lying and cheating, when I know I wasn't thinking about nobody but me, and he loved me still, and he sent his son to die for me, I can't do nothing but I surrender. You know, you, you officers know, we throw your hands up. I surrender. I surrender all. And when you say you surrender all, that means you can't have nothing hid in your back pocket now. You can't have no little boyfriends in your purse, girlfriends hiding in the trunk of the car. You know what I mean? You know how we, you know, how, okay, I'm going I'm to pick on the ladies for a minute. You know how when you go shopping and you know, I knew I wasn't supposed to buy that, so I got to throw that in the trunk to, to the husband they look, <laughs> then I sneak it in the house. You know what I mean? Hey, but we, we, we in our spiritual walk, we do the same thing. We think because it's dark, nobody sees us. We think because we're in a, a, a town where nobody knows us. You know what I mean? That we could just do certain things. But when the Spirit of God is really upon you, when, he, when you've had that Damascus Road experience, a lot of the things you used to think was funny, you ain't going to think funny no more. How you used to laugh at somebody else's expense, it ain't going to be funny no more. Them places you used to love to frequent and you thought you was having such a lovely time, it ain't going to be fun no more. I mean, you could still party. You can still dance, but we just got a different partner now. You know what I mean? We just dancing with a different partner. And, and, and uh, you don't know what it is when you're dancing with Jesus. Uh, uh, Herman True Love got, got the good old song, Dance With Me, Jesus. You know what I mean? But when you think about it, because he, he, he loves you so. I mean, to just to truly love, think about how your parents love you. You know, when you go home, you ain't worried about nothing. You just... Turn the light switch on, know the light's going to come on. You run to the refrigerator, you know your parents got something in the refrigerator. You know what I mean? You run to your clock, whatever. Your parents is taking care of you. Jesus is the greatest parent we could ever have. Can't nobody get better. I love my kids. I love my wife, but I know he loves them even more. You know, this, this, this brother here and his wife, when they gave a testimony about their son, can you imagine your son being at that point in life 
to where you don't know, and then you just watch God step in and just bring, give life back, you know. And, and so why wouldn't we want to praise somebody like that? Why would we want to just love on them? Because that's literally what he's done to each and every one of us. He's given us life back. We, were, we all had a death sentence. We was doomed to die. The wages of sin is death. We were all guilty of sin. I mean, that's playing it lightly. But if it had not been for Jesus dying on that cross and, and so loving us and giving his only begotten son and hanging our sins on that cross, we'd still be, we'd, we'd be like the rest of the world. See? We can watch stuff happen in the rest of the world and it not affect us. It affects us with compassion for them, but we, we, we still got hope. We still got, you know, we, we know where we're going. So if, if they say, if, if the building falls on us right now, I'm sure it's a many of us in here know beyond a shadow of a doubt. Say, let it fall, because I know where I'm going. Let it fall. Let it be what it be. I know where I'm going. I know where my hope is in. And so I welcome tomorrow. I welcome anything. But more than anything, I welcome the ability or, 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 or the privilege of loving you. You know what I mean? That's a privilege for me, for God to put in my heart to just to be able to love you. I mean, a total stranger. You know, I tell you, when I was in prison for 15 years, the people that loved on me and provided for me and gave me hope, they were total strangers at that time. And my wife, one of them out of Birmingham, my wife, she, she was over their house. I don't know what the event was, but we was just fellowshipping. And the guy brought out a notebook of 15 years of correspondence and cards and letters about me and him in our family relationship, and she couldn't believe it. She couldn't, you know. But that's what, that's what the love of God can do for you, and that's what he does for us. And, and, and his, his resources don't run out. You know what I mean? You can't, you can't, you can't beat him giving. You can't ask him for too much because he say, if you ask him for something, he don't give it to you. He say, because you asked for the wrong reason. But if you ask him for something, anything, so you can further the kingdom of God, so you can be about his business, oh, he's going to say, that ain't enough. Take some more. You're going to need a little bit more for that. And that's just how he is. He just loves us like that. Uh, and, and I like how, how, how Hebrews puts this thing. Uh, Hebrews 10 and 24 says, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works. It's my job as a brother, as a minister, to provoke you into love and good works. You know, we, talk, we hear about uh, Panai and, 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 and uh, the, the other woman uh, say she provoked her because one, one, one lady had a child and another one didn't. And uh, Hannah and Paniah. That way you know where your name comes from. Yeah, but Hannah and Paniah. And so she's like, 
praying to God early in the morning. The priest come out and said, woman, is you drunk this early? He said, no, ain't nothing wrong with me. I, I'm just praying to God for a child, see, because, you know, I've been bearing it. And, you know, I want God to answer my prayer. God say, okay, we're going to do that. That's where Samuel comes in. The prophet Samuel come in as a, as a result of that prayer. But the one lady provoked the other to bitterness because she, 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 she teased all the time. I got a, I got a baby for her. You ain't, you know, so I'm better. I'm better. He loves me and he don't love you. So she, the Bible says she was provoked straight to God. She was provoked straight to the prayer chamber. You know what I mean? And when she came out the prayer chamber, God answered her prayer. God heard her prayers and God answered her prayer. God said, if you just give me a, she said, if you just give me a child, I'll give him back to you. And after she weaned Samuel, she took Samuel to the priest. And we know the rest of the story, first and second Samuel. But we are called to provoke one another to love, provoke one another to good works. Not just, you know, I'll know how to push your button and make you mad. You know what I mean? Because some of us do that. Oh, watch, watch this girl. I'm finna show this. Like, push that button and. <laughs> That's premeditated. We do that. You know, we, we laugh because we know we've done that before. Oh, they're so easy to push. Watch. <laughs> but let's push buttons to make them love somebody else. Let's push a button to make them love us back. Uh, a, a songwriter, secular songwriter say, it's so good to love somebody and somebody love you back. You know what I mean? We, we love it when people are loving on us. You know what I mean? But the love of God is so precious and so unconditional, we know how to love even when they don't love us back. Because that's how God is for us. How many times is I say, say he's long-suffering? When we, when we think about 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, we talk, this is the ways of love. And, 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 and most of us, we could do two or three of them. We might even do five of them. But it's going to be one in there where there's long suffering with. It's going to be one in there we just can't do. You know what I mean? But see, he ain't talking about you. He's talking about himself. Those are his characteristics. That's how he do it. But he say, whatever I do, I give you the power to do the same. My grace and mercy gives you the power to do the same thing. He told the, 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 the disciples, uh, you, you, you amazed by the little things that I do when I'm gone, when the Holy Spirit come upon you. You'll be endued with even more power to do even great and strength, mightier things. Now, if we just forgot about anything else and just concentrated on that promise of God, that he leaves with us, his believers, his true saints, the power to raise the dead, the power to heal, the power to set demons free. You know what I mean? If the world, I mean, if we, if we, the believers, the church, is the light of the world, then why is the world still in darkness? You know what I mean? So we got work. We got work to do. And the easiest thing I've found is just love the hell out of them. You just love the hello out of them. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
It is that simple. We laugh and we joke, but it's that simple. You know when somebody needs some loving. You know when somebody's hurting and you can help. You know when somebody's in need and you throwing that stuff away. We just, the world has just taught us to be mean and evil and selfish. Me, 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 I, I. You know what I mean? But God said he so loved the world. He so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son. That whosoever, whosoever, anybody, whosoever, that means that's a blank check. And anybody that can write, or you can dictate. Now, you don't even have to write it. You can just grab us for a, a dictate it in, in, in there. And pay to the order of James Arthur Hamilton. You know what I mean? Hey, I love it. I love it. You know, that's what more can I ask for? We serve a true and a living and a loving God. See, it's all back to loving the, 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 the songs that they were singing this morning. I said, man, and that, that just shows to me, God say, you just do your part. See, I, it wasn't for me to worry about what the praise team was going to sing. It wasn't my business to worry about what Jackson was going to read or what Titus was going to pray. Say, you just do your part, and I'm going to put in their heart to do their part, and what happens? Then you got harmony. You know, then you got one accord because he is the author and the finisher of our faith. He's the writer, the director, and the producer of this, of all this. This ain't got nothing to do with us. He said, if we don't praise him, he'll make the rocks cry out. I don't need nobody rocks crying for me. I don't need nobody rocks pleading my case. I can plead my own case. You know what I mean? Because he's, he's given us that ability. And he said, uh, whatever you need, he gives it liberally. All you got to do is ask. You know what I mean? Whatever we need, just ask. He's there for us. And if he's not there for us, he got somebody right next door, right down the street, on the job, at the school, that's waiting to help you. We just have to make ourselves available. He don't, uh, God does not care about your ability. He cares about your availability. We need to be available. We need to be willing vessels because we know now he don't really need us because he can do it all. He can say, up, oh, light, up, oh, darkness, up, oh, ocean, up, oh, air. You know what I mean? But he, just like Adam, what happened every evening? He just wanted to, just to kick it with Adam in the evening. What you do today, man? How was your day? He said he just wanted the fellowship in the cool of the evening. You know what I mean? When you get off the job, I'm a cup, iced tea, talk about the day. You know what I mean? Talk about tomorrow. That's all he wants to do is just fellowship. He made us just to fellowship with him. But we are his hands. We are his feet. We are his eyes. We are his ears. We are his heart. And when you got the heart of God, or if you got a stony heart, just ask for, you know, Lord, change my heart. If, if I got a lying tongue, Lord, change my tongue. 
You know what I mean? We know as an individual what we're in need of. Whatever your need is, he is so loving. He is so kind. You can come to him anytime, any place. And it's nothing too big you could ask for and nothing too small. And to just to know that he loves everything. I was trying to get this together yesterday, and the computer was going crazy. The printer was going crazy. And so I'm like panicking. I'm running all the time. I ain't got nothing going. And my wife say, honey, I need some cornbread. Can you, <laughs> can you come cook? To so I dropped it, you know. And that's what he does for us. He be in his doing what he do. Well, when we ask him to do something for us, he will drop what he's doing and come and serve you. He will give you your heart's desire, you know, because he loves you that much. You know what I mean? The Bible says if your child asks for bread, you're going to give him a stone? You're going to give him a snake? You're going to give him what he asks for. And he's the greatest father that we can ever have. I got a, my wife and I, we do our little daily study. But we had a study a few days ago. And I just wanted to share this whole reading. And the study says, only God, only God, not your job, not your physical ability, not your intellect, you know, not the friends. Only God, only God. And the scripture comes from Jonah, the second chapter, and eight verse says, those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. When we, that, again, that's that opportunity cost. There's no way I can cling to something worthless without turning away from God. That's the opportunity cost. That's what I had to pay for that. You know what I mean? I can go hang out in the clubs or just hang out with some folks that I know ain't right and, and let them have me help them do some stuff that I know ain't right. But that's an uh, opportunity cost, and I had to pay with losing fellowship with God. You know what I mean? He's going to always be our father, but we can get out of fellowship. We can get out of fellowship with God. He'll take us back, but we're going to have to acknowledge our error of our ways and then let him take us back. But this, this read says, we hold on tight to what we love. We grab hold of what makes us feel secure, significant, satisfied. What's in our hands prove what's in our hearts. What I hold on to, the dearest proves what's in my heart. So I choose to hold on to God. So if I hold on to him good, then he must be, you know what I mean? Uh, Receive God's love as your provider instead of holding on to success and money. Praise him for the gift of children, receiving their affection as a blessing from him. Put away the mirror and focus on the beauty of Christ. Find contentment in the giver, not what he has given. Loosen your grip on anything that becomes more precious than God himself. Tear down the idols that compete for your attention and loyalty. Flee temptation. 
Step away from those who put down your faith. Give up the craving to have more and more in this world. Turn toward the love of God today. Remember his perfect worth that earns our praise. Trust him to meet every need in your life. Satisfy your soul with his good word. Satisfy your soul with his good word, worship, and prayer. Remember how he captured your heart in the beginning, how he proved himself as Savior and friend. Fix your eyes on God and make him the center of everything. Lord, forgive us for loving things that can never truly satisfy. Make us faithful in our love for you, as you are always devoted to us. Let us praise your name alone forever. Uh, Oh, no man, Romans 13 today says, oh, no man, nothing. Oh, no man, nothing but to love him. It's, 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 it's in the book. I'm just living by the book. Either we got to believe all of this or none of this. Either all this is true or none of it is true. And if none of it is true, then we living in vain. But I refuse to believe that I've been used. <laughs> I know that God is a loving God. I know he's a good God. And he just loves you guys madly. And because he loves you so madly, he taught me how to love you madly. And so with that, I do close.